Welcome to the Diabetes Canada Healthcare Huddle, a podcast that invites healthcare professionals to listen in on the discussion as we explore a diabetes-related topic. Each episode, we will present a case study, then have a conversation with an expert about the clinical challenge. Finally, we will revisit the case and see how we can apply our new knowledge and tools. This podcast is brought to you by Walmart Canada. My name is Dr. Sarah Stafford. I'm an endocrinologist in Surrey, BC, and I'm joined by my colleague, Gail McNeil, who's a diabetes educator and clinical nurse specialist from Toronto. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. And today I am very fortunate to have Esmond Wong here for our conversation about the role of pharmacists in the management of people with diabetes. And Esmond is a pharmacist working in Calgary, and he studied pharmacy at the University of Alberta. And he now works within primarily the primary care network role in Calgary, where he works in a team with family physicians and other healthcare providers, uh, particularly to help people with diabetes. He is a CDE and as well a pharmacist prescriber, and he runs cdestudycourse.com, which is a website to help people prepare for their CDE exams. So welcome, Esmond. Hello. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today. And Gail, I know we always talk about the important role of pharmacists in the healthcare team. Um, When you're seeing people in a diabetes education center or in your role as CDE, how do you talk about the role of the pharmacist? And and what are some questions patients might ask about how they engage their pharmacists? So thank you, Sarah. And thank you, Esmond, for joining us. Um, I really feel that the pharmacist is a vital member of the interdisciplinary team, but I'm not sure that everyone on the team has a clear picture of the role that the pharmacist can play. For instance, when I was speaking with one of my patients, um, Carol, in the office last week, she was asking about alternative medicines for her menopause. And she was afraid to take some medications, wondering if they'd interact with her diabetes um, meds. And, and when I asked her if she'd spoken to her pharmacist, pharmacist, she looked at me and she surprised. She said, well, she hadn't thought to do that. So we, we also discussed the availability and accessibility of vaccinations and flu shots at her local pharmacy. And I think the pharmacist is in great position to refer patients to diabetes education centers too, but I feel that this is not always happening. So Esme, my question is, um, how can we integrate the role of pharmacists into diabetes management? And how can we establish communication between all team members, including the patient and educators to facilitate the best patient care? That's great, Gail. Thank you so much for those thoughts. And Esmond, you know, if just in broad terms, without specifics, you know, if you were to just say, what do you think the role of the pharmacist should be or could be in the management of people with diabetes? Um, I think we pharmacists have a large role to play. Uh, I think uh, topics include things like uh, monitoring for hypoglycemia, uh, seeing if they're going for their periodic checks, um, things like injection teaching and looking at their costs and coverage. So yeah, I think uh, pharmacists have quite quite a wide role in uh, helping people with diabetes. That's excellent. So let's kind of delve into some specific roles that the pharmacist might have. And I think definitely one of the roles that I see as pharmacists being really key is thinking about medication side effects, particularly hypoglycemia uh, counseling. Um, And so when you are seeing individuals and they might be taking a sulfonylurea or insulin, you know, how do you address hypoglycemia and what are some of the things you ask or might say in education? 
Uh, yeah, so um, for whatever reason, it seems that patients don't uh, always bring up that they're experiencing hypoglycemia. So um, it's for, so for myself, I asked, you know, have you been experiencing these symptoms, especially if you've been fasting or something like that? And, uh, you know, and if there are lows, um, you know, telling them about uh, how to treat the lows, having them hear some DEX4 uh, tablets, you can or even order samples online now, um, you know, talking about maybe glucagon even with the new nasal glucagon vaccine there's options there. And, you know, if they are having lows, then kind of suggesting, hey, uh, maybe you can talk to your doctor about switching to this medication. This might have a little bit less lows. Or if you're skipping meals always here, maybe we can move around the timing of the medication or something like that. So yeah, lots of, lots of options there to manage people's uh, hypoglycemia. Yeah, I think glucagon is a really good point um, because there was a time we only had glucagon injection kits and, you know, those are really difficult for patients, um, a bit complicated to use. Patients never had them with them. I don't think I ever encountered a single patient who had their gl glucagon kit on their person when they were there in my clinic. Uh, so it wasn't particularly do the, them any good. And we're really fortunate now to have intranasal glucagon as an option and, and just a lot easier for patients and they're more likely to have it along. And, you know, I think that's definitely a role where I think the pharmacist would be great. And when, you know, when you're dispensing insulin, patient has maybe type one diabetes or is on rapid insulin, it, you know, ask do you have a glucagon? Do you, is that something you want? And, and how we can discuss that option. Now, you know, thinking as well about medications, um, I think a lot of the medications we use, they have other side effects as well. And those are important too. And I often find that it's the uh, pharmacist might fax me a note saying, you know, this person's on a GLP-1 and your prescription says that now it's time to go from this dose to this dose, but patient says they're having a lot of GI side effects. Um, can they stay on the lower dose? Um, is that something you explore with patients as well? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of uh, GLP ones have a lot of uh, stomach side effects, GI side effects. So we teaching them how to kind of manage those side effects, also kind of adjusting the dose as well. Uh, like even dial, a lot of people don't realize that with uh, certain pens, you can go halfway and you kind of use like a halfway dose or things like that. So yeah, that's de definitely something that uh, pharmacists can get involved with, involved in, especially if the, you know, like the specialist or the family doctor doesn't have enough time to kind of make those minor changes. Uh, that's something where we can definitely jump in. That's perfect. Thank you. And, and we all appreciate that kind of communication as well. Because I, you know, when I start a GLP-1, often on my prescription, I just write that full dose titration because that's what I'm hoping for. And I definitely don't have, you know, the capacity to talk to the patient after those four week intervals. And so I really appreciate if the patient goes and is filling their next dose and I get a note back from the pharmacist saying they're not ready yet. Um, I, I appreciate that communication. Um, thinking about GLP-1s and, and insulin, you know, these are injectable medications. And as a specialist, I am very comfortable with injection teaching. I just pull those pens out and teach the patient in the office how to do that first shot. We do that first injection together and they walk out with a sample and a prescription. And, you know, I'm pretty comfortable with that. Um, but I know a lot of people, they may not have the time or confidence in teaching injections. And so I think in other settings, people might write, you know, here here's your prescription, go to the pharmacist and have them open up the box and show you how to do it. And, and do you see that as part of the role of the pharmacist and, and how are you engaged with injection teaching? 
Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, a lot of times patients, you know, they kind of understand it, maybe understand it office, say that they're comfortable, but when they're really shown the, the injection and shown how to do it themselves, it's like, oh gosh, I guess maybe I should, should have needed a reminder or something like that. So that's something that pharmacists can definitely do, teach people how to use uh, GLP-1 injections or insulin injections. Um, also uh, just kind of going over the FIT guidelines, talking about uh, proper injection technique for insulin, changing the needles, spacing, uh, spacing the injections and things like that. That's all things that a, a pharmacist could definitely help out with. That's great. Thank you. And while we're thinking about medications, you know, prescribing, I might prescribe one medication, say they're seeing me and I've, I've put them on an SGLT2 and maybe an ACE or an ARB for their nephropathy. Um, maybe they're also seeing a kidney a specialist. And so they've been putting them on other medications and a cardiologist, and maybe they're on some old medications they were on a long time ago. Um, and we never quite know, you know, if say they were on a beta blocker for many years, was that started for some specific indication? Or was it just being used as an antihypertensive and now they're on better things and we should stop it? Um, what do you see the role of the pharmacist in that kind of medication reconciliation and, and looking for duplications? Yeah, that's a, like a very traditional role a pharmacist has. And yeah, we see it all the time. Like patients go to hospital for some reason, there's for some reason they're started on a PPI and for some reason they're continued on it. On it. Um, lots of, uh, you know, people seeing multiple specialists being put on multiple ACEs, family doctor put it on an ACE, uh, nephrologist put on an ACE and things like that. So yeah, pharmacists can definitely help patients kind of navigate that and keep track of, uh, you know, telling the patient that, hey, you shouldn't be on, on two of these, or we need to change, talk to your family doctor and kind of consolidate these medications over here. That's great. Thank you. And then Finally, the other thing I always am thinking about, I'm prescribing a medication and I know a lot of medications are expensive. Um, so I'm prescribing this medication, you know, do you have extended benefits? Do you think it's going to be covered? Are you registered for pharmacare? Uh, just really fundamental things. And so what is the role of the pharmacist when the patient comes in with that prescription um, and kind of is encountered with the cost and how do they navigate that system? Yeah, so we can definitely help out with that. Like, we don't have any magical knowledge about drug plans that anyone else has. But um, often, you know, in Alberta here, there's special authorization forms uh, that medications uh, are you need to fill out before you can get covered. So we can definitely help with that. We can also offer cheaper alternatives as well. Um, you know, with, especially with insulin that there are now, you know, biosimilars and things like that, where if cost is a big concern for the patient that we could recommend those. And yeah, just kind of uh, generally navigating uh, which uh, kind of those health insurance forms and stuff like that, we can help out with. Excellent. Now, earlier on, uh, I mentioned that you're a pharmacist prescriber, and, and that's really an evolving role, especially in Canada. Can you talk a little bit about your role as a pharmacist prescriber and how you think that improves health and, and care for people with diabetes? Uh, yeah, so that's different from province to province. Uh, different pharmacists have different uh, prescribing privileges. Uh, but in Alberta, I'm very uh, 
very fortunate to have a very broad prescribing privileges. And so often the family doctor will tell me, okay, hey, we're starting this person on uh, basal insulin. Esmond, you help titrate them to uh, whatever their target A1C is. Or Esmond, we're this person wants to start GLP-1, see what their coverage is and start them on, on whichever dose and, and titrate. So that helps the patient in that. Uh, it, saves it saves time and there's less back and forth between the doctor. Uh, for me, it saves time because I don't have to get like a verbal off or things like that uh, from the from the doctor and uh, it just helps streamline everything so that the patient gets the best care that they can and uh, pharmacists are one of the mo most accessible healthcare professionals so if they do need like a dose change or hey I'm getting lows on this dose or hey am I getting a lot of stomach upset with this dose uh, we're quite easily accessible and we can adjust the dose right then and there to serve the patient better. That's great. I, and I really appreciate that engagement and communication. And, and I think there's some data saying that engaging our pharmacists improves outcomes for people with diabetes. Uh, yeah, so the University of Alberta did a study called the RxSing study that looked at uh, pharmacist interventions with uh, people with diabetes and showed that pharmacists interventions did significantly decrease uh, A1C. I think it decreased it by like 1.8 or something like that, getting the pharmacists involved. So it was a big difference. Uh, that was uh, done by Dr. Hamerna and Dr. Suzuki up at uh, U of A with EPCOR, I believe. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Esmond, for these insights. And Gail, you know, now when you're in clinic, uh, how can you talk to patients about the role of the pharmacist and how we can engage them and the team uh, helping our patients? Great. Thanks, Esmond, for all the, the conversation. I, I totally agree with everything you've said. And the interesting thing, as you said, is that the pharmacist is the most accessible healthcare professional, and we really need to engage and communicate. Um, I really like the discussion you had about uh, introducing like new medications or looking at alternative medications, especially something like the nasal um, uh, glucagon. Like we don't always, you know, the patients aren't always coming to us, but they are coming to you. So if you're updating them on things like that, I think that's that's a really great way to, to work with things. Also, the working the titrations of the GLP-1s. Um, and the monitoring, I think, is a great idea with the side, particularly with the side effects. So they are, as you say, they're coming to you more often than they're coming to us. And I was delighted to hear you talk about the FIT, the form injection technique. Of course, I've worked on that for many years. And again, pharmacists are in a great position to ask people when they're renewing their insulin, you know, what do your injection sites look like uh, and things like that. So I really appreciate your comments. And I really think that there's a lot of energy and things that we can put together and that we really need to work more coherently as a team. But thank you. I think the role of the pharmacist is there. It's a very, very important one. And we all need to understand the pharmacist as a very important part of our diabetes education teams. Thanks, Gail. Those are some really great thoughts on, on how we all work together as a team. And Esmond, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for ha having me. It's been a pleasure. Please help us improve our future podcasts by filling out the survey in the show notes. Thanks for joining us today. If you have questions about the episode or about becoming a member of the Diabetes Canada professional section, please email professional.membership at diabetes.ca. Special thanks to Adam Humphreys for providing the music for today's podcast. 